good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be, whatever time of day it is. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast, where we love to talk about Jesus, apologetics, and life, and how they tie together and what they have to do with each other. We're excited to uh, wrap up this three-part series that we've been going through that talks about the fruit of the Spirit and actually uh, have gone through in the last two episodes the uh, first six fruits of the Spirit and now are the first six attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And now today we're going to wrap up the last three. So for introductions, my name is Alex. And with me is Trey. Good morning, Trey. How's it going, man? Good morning. Hello, 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 peoples. Doing fine. Good, Doing fine. good. <clears throat> it's been a uh, man. It's been a been a long week. Been getting over kind of like a I don't know what it is a cold or something. Just a little you know bug. But thankfully, I you know not not quite COVID symptoms from <laughs> from what I hear. So that's uh, that's good. That is good. It's uh, it's definitely not something um, that you want to have to go through. I keep hearing more and more people, you know, that get it, and some have mild symptoms, some have pretty rough ones. But uh, man, I'll be glad when when we can, you know, get over that hump and not have to worry so much about COVID as as we have the last year. This is true. I uh. I'm tired of worrying about a lot of stuff, Alex. <laughs> right, you're right. It I'm seems tired like of being something, tired. something new on a daily basis. Yep, that's true. But uh, that's yeah, true. man, I'm I'm excited to dive in today and wrap up this three part uh, series we've had going, where we've discussed the fruit of the spirit and covered the different attributes that are listed in Galatians five, um, verse twenty two when Paul is writing to the church and he's listing out all of the, the fruit uh, attributes. And so just to, to refresh or recap where we are today, we've gone through the first six, which are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, and goodness. So today we're going to pick up on fruit number or aspect quality, whatever you want to call it, characteristic number seven, which is faithfulness. And this one, the the last three here, as all of them have, you'll easily kind of start to pick up on how they tie together, how they they work off of one another, how one builds on another or relates to another. And they all come out of really the first aspect that we've talked about. And Trey, you mentioned this, how how all of this is wrapped in love that each of these aspects of the fruit of the spirit really and truly come from like a central place of love out of the heart of a Christian, uh, as well as, you know, and we've talked about in the last couple of episodes, how these are also attributes that God shows um, yep. and, and really examples of fulfilling these, of living these out, of displaying these attributes um, of the fruit of the spirit in his, you know, in his work, in the way that he has shown these, these things to us. Um, and I think it's great when you think back or, or when you look at it as all of these coming from love, um, because as a Christian, you understand a little bit more of what God's love is 
you understand a little bit more of how God has shown his love than just someone who doesn't have that relationship with God at this point. Maybe they don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe they've never spent time in God's word. So they, they, there's a disconnect because you can understand there's there's a difference between what we celebrate, you know, and it just so happens that we're recording this on Valentine's Day. But there's a difference between the love that the world shows and the love that God shows and the love that God has for his children, for his people. Um, so, so there's two two totally different types of love. And for those who have a relationship with Christ and know the Heavenly Father, they understand what that love is. And it makes, you know, what we're talking about today even that more special. Yeah, you know, um, that's a good point. When a person is trying to show unconditional love, to somebody um and and they're the ones trying to do it right but let's say let's say that, that that god's really not in the picture here but a person is really trying to show love to somebody unconditionally uh it's a valiant effort um but they're always without god is some kind of condition somewhere yep. hidden somewhere it's almost like trying to figure out God by watching a sunrise. You know, you, you, you can see it, but you, you know, like, what is, why is that so pretty? I'm just, I'm just blown away by that. And well, that's, that's cause it's, it's, it's a reflection of, of him because he made it. Right. right. So in trying to love somebody unconditionally, <laughs> it's sort of like that. You're, you might be doing the best you can do, but you just can't get there because you're going to fail at it. I have many times and I will again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this goes back to this, this list because it has to be a list, right? I mean, it has yeah. to be written down. Um, this list of the, the fruit of the spirit is exactly that. It is the spirit's fruit. It is God's fruit, not our fruit. Yep. And you you mentioned something that really, really jump starts into our conversation today um, about, you know, failing at something. Because if if you rely on someone long enough, if if you're around them long enough, they're going to fail at something. Like if you trust me for for something, you know what? I might come through for you seven out of ten times, but there's going to be those three times where I fail at it because I am human, because I am forgetful, because I am selfish, right? So so there are going to be opportunities or moments where we fail uh, as individuals. Yeah. And that's where starting off with faithfulness this morning comes in because God never fails. And that is one of the great things about scripture is that we have these examples from the beginning of time where God has always time and time again been faithful. And Psalm 33 verse four says, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Not just some of the things that he does, not just a couple of the things that he does, but God is faithful in all that he does. And that's where, you know, that's one of the examples of, you know, this is an attribute of God. 
faithfulness. Um, and, and we're called as Christians to also be faithful in the things that we do. But, you know, focusing on it, you know, at this moment as a, as a God attribute, like that is encouraging to me that I know I can trust God to come through no matter what. Now it may not, he may not come through the way that I want or maybe the way that I expected, but he will always come through. And that's really what faithfulness is about is trustworthiness, reliability, right? Being able to trust in God, being able to rely on his power, his strength, his ability, his love, his plan, his everything over our own. That is faithfulness, and he is always faithful in everything he does. Yep. Amen. You know, that word uh, faithfulness is like uh, how you live your faith, right? You're, you're, it's, it's the word actually there is faith. Um, and that's always a gift of God, always. It's, it's never something that can be produced by people. Uh, it mm, is, it yeah. is all God. Um, it is like God's divine persuasion, you know, like he, he bursts that in you as you hear the word of God, right? Romans 10, 17. Um, he, he's always birthing faith in people when he brings them to the cross. And when he, he, he lovingly shows people. Um, how much they need a savior and how much they are not their own savior. And that is a hard mm-hmm. thing to grab a hold of when it hits you. But yeah. what that is, is God through his word. And that could be through many avenues um, watching, watching a Christian live at work and how they react to things. Um, uh, hearing a sermon or hearing a podcast, whatever, you know, um, that, that faith comes by the word of God and it's also tied into God's will. You know, how we, people who believe people who actually have the faith of God, they believe that God's will has all always come true and will always come true. Um, The, everything that he has said, the, uh, what I love about scripture is you can go back and you can just read the whole thing and everything, Alex, everything that he has said mm-hmm. will come to pass has come to pass. Even, yeah. even stuff in the future that's going to come, it will come. Now, uh, people who uh, are born again have this faith inside of them and they know that this is true. It's a, it's a, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to call it weird or strange, but it's not worldly. It's, it's a, it's has nothing to do with the world. It's something that is solid. It's something that is sure footed. And, and like, I just know that he's going to come back one day, whether I'm alive or I'm in the grave, he's coming back and then he's going to bring me back to life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that has some to do as well as, you know, we've kind of touched on it <clears throat> throughout this series and obviously just throughout other episodes and podcasts. But, you know, it, it has to do with the difference 
because you were saying, you know, not calling it weird or strange, but it's just different. It's different because it's not worldly minded, but it's kingdom minded. It's this kingdom, you know, aspect that the world just really can't comprehend. It kind of ties into what you were saying about, you know, you see the sunrise and you try to imagine, you know, God through that. Like you try to understand God through that, but you just can't quite get there. And a lot of that is like just God's magnitude, like his plan, all the things that we have through faith. They're just there. It's not something that the world can give you, but it's only something that God can give you um, through our you know, relationship with Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we that we have this faith that is so strong and so solid and so sure. It doesn't come from our own understanding either. Nope. Right. It comes only from his power, um, you know, and, and and Paul even writes in first Corinthians one nine, God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord is faithful. Right. Yep. He is faithful. We are not always faithful. He is faithful. Now, as Christians, we are called to be faithful. Right. We're called to to be good stewards. We're called to be trustworthy. We're called to be reliable. And in Luke 16, 10, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You see, it's all about us being faithful because that's going to be not just a reflection of God, because we've seen in scripture, just like we talked, like you were saying like we have his word. We, we know he is faithful. We too should be able to be trusted with the things that we're given, right? Whether that's something that God entrusts us with, or if that's something that our friends or our family entrust us with or trust us to come through on, like we should be trustworthy as God is trustworthy. We should be that people should be able to have faith that when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. Um, now, where the catch is, we can't do that on our own strength. Like we can't say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Me, myself, it's all on me. It's all my power and strength. Like if we say something that we're going to do, like we have to be trusting that the Holy Spirit is there. And, and that goes into a whole nother topic and conversation of when to say yes, when to say no, what to agree to, what to, you know, um, reject those types of things. But you know, ultimately, as Christians, that's an aspect we should have that we should be living out. It is that same level of consistency, of faithfulness that that God has as well. Um, obviously, knowing, you know, we're imperfect, but yet still striving on a daily basis to be faithful. Yeah, that's right. Um, you, I mentioned and you just now mentioned uh, the will of God. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have faith in the will of God. Okay, well, all right. Or I'm let's say I'm supposed to have faith in the will of God. Well, what's the will of God? You know, what how yeah. in the world can I find out what that is? Well, um, Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. That's a change from the outside in, Alex. 
but be yeah. transformed. That's a change from the inside out. Yeah. Be transformed by the renewing or the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern or find out what is the will of God. His good, acceptable, and perfect will. Okay? Mm. So, yeah. if 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 we got to change the way we think, we get into the Bible to do that. We find we find good teaching. Um, uh, we 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 find good. I mean, pray and ask the Lord to lead you to a a good devotional series that you can do. Uh, get into the Word, change the way you think. Start thinking like the kingdom of God and not like this world, because that will get you nowhere. So, if Jesus was the Word. And faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. What did Jesus say about the will of his father? Now, a lot, there's a very few times that Jesus was very direct about his father. He generally taught in parables, right? But in John 6, we find a direct upfront statement about his father's will. And I want to read that and let's see what Jesus says about the will of God. It's starting in verse 35, okay? All right. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, but you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is a, a wonderful statement. You ready? Verse 39. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. Mm. Wow. Come on. That's good stuff. And that right there, you know, uh, again, <clears throat> and I've never really looked at it this way, this way. And, you know, Jesus is far greater than we are. But, you know, if you look back at Luke 16, like whoever is faithful with very little will also be faithful with much. Man, Jesus is faithful with what gets put in his hands, yep. which is us, right? Like he with, with our selves. And um, I am extremely and incredibly thankful for that um, because I know that he is reliable and I know that he is trustworthy. Um, you know, and a lot of people... I don't know if struggle's the right word or they just, you know, if, if it's just doubt or exactly how you would describe it. But a lot of people struggle with that or a lot of people doubt God's faithfulness or, or Christ reliability, right? Like how much can you trust? Um, and, and part of that may be what you were talking about where they're not in the word enough. So like they're not being transformed inwardly, outwardly or inward, outwardly, whatever. Um, 
but yet God is so faithful. You can go and I've heard um, some studies and, and messages and like teachings on some of the, the things from the Old Testament, like some of the prophecies and things that were happening in the Old Testament and how you can look at history and see them coming true and like having came true like years before they were ever, you know, ever these things actually occurred. Like you can see them down to some of the finest details. Um, and that to me is, is an example of God's, you know, because it's not just like it was, it was spoken, but it was written down so that we could go back and we could still see and read the faithfulness. Right. The steadiness, yep. the trustworthiness. Um, and, and then, you know, talking about Jesus having the power and everything of, of holding us in his hands and never losing us. Right. Nothing can take us out of his hands. That kind of leads me into um, the next aspect, the next quality talking about gentleness. And you and I talked about this a little beforehand as well as you know, gentleness, which is also, you know, interchangeable with meekness, right? And humility. Um, a lot of times people will see meekness or they see, you know, humility more as, as a weakness. And you and I talked about before this, how it's really the opposite. Like being meek is, is power. Like that's being strong. Um, and that is something that, that Jesus, like we saw that in his life. He displayed that, he exhibited that from day one, like until, until he, he went to the cross. Like he showed that day in and day out, the meekness and the humility and that it wasn't weakness. That's the biggest thing I want us to see is that it wasn't a sign of weakness, but rather it was, it was strength and it was power that he displayed in that. Um, and, and Zechariah 9, 9, and this is, you know, one of those moments where you see it in the Old Testament as it talks and proclaims what's coming. And it, and it says, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout daughter Jerusalem, see your king, king now, a king, not a, not a peasant, not just, you know, like a, a, a normal person, but a king, see your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly. And riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. This isn't a, sh- a, a sign of, of weakness or a sign of like the lack of strength or power, but rather the humility that Jesus displays that he would humble himself to step down from heaven, to come to earth, to live the perfect life and to die the death that you and I deserve, like to pay our penalty and punishment. Like he did that for us. That is not weakness, but rather that is like an incredible display of power and love wrapped in Christ. So that's a great example of him fulfilling one of the prophecies of the Old Testament. Now he fulfilled Mm -hmm. all of them. And the, the odds of that actually happening with one individual is like us winning the lottery 10 times in a row. I mean, that's <laughs> right. how astronomical those odds would be to fulfill 
every single prophecy, even to fulfill 20 mm-hmm. of them would be that, that astronomical. Um, yeah. But you, you hit on something uh, really cool there, Alex. He wrote in, he was lowly and wrote in, this is the creator of the universe become flesh. Mm-hmm. The king riding in on a donkey. Mm. Come on. See, look, there's the word power. The world's power is different than God's power. Yep. Um, the world's power is wrought and filled with pride and man's own strength. That's all it is. But God's power, that's meekness. It's coupled with humility, being humble. You know, he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, when Jesus said in, in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, that's, a, that's a power with reserve. That's something that only God can do. If you're going to sit there and try to understand what that balance is, like, wait a minute, <laughs> a gentle strength? Like, how do I use that? Well, that, that's only divine. It can only be, it can only be um, understood and, and brought about by God Almighty himself in his people, mm. in his church. So, uh, Alex, that meekness is bound with humility, right? Read Ephesians 4, yep. 2 for us. Yeah, so Ephesians 4, 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Wow. That's chock full of goodies right there. Yeah, and I, and I, I love it because it really wraps up multiple aspects of the fruit of the spirit, like multiple things that we talked about, characteristics that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks, and, and it wraps them all together, and then it puts them all inside of love, yep. um, which which you talked about being kind of like that's the first aspect that that Paul lists, and it's like everything else comes from that because all of these, if you if you look at them. Like they're, they're ways to display love. Like love is at the core center part of, of the fruit. And then these kind of build off of that. It's, it's ways to show your love um, through these other aspects and characteristics. Right, right. So another example of how this gentle power is coupled with being humble is, I mean, just look at the next chapter in Galatians chapter six. Uh, I'm going to read verses one through four. All right. So brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, but keep watch on yourself. Lest you too be tempted, bear another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Mm. But let each on. one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. So when when you have to correct a brother or sister in Christ, 
or even when God corrects you, me, he, he, the, the result of it, the, the result of that gentle power is humble. Somebody being humble. I mean, right. uh, humility is, is you humiliated me. Well, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, being right. humble uh, says, oh man, it's not about me. <laughs> it's really not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about everybody around me. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a very powerful humbling feeling to rec to recognize yep. that and only God and his word can show you that. And, and you know, you talk about being humiliated and, and people say that, you know, oh, you humiliated me. You made me look, you know, like a fool or something like that in front of other people. And a lot of times, you know, just sitting here thinking about that, like humility, when it when it's talked about in scripture and how we're supposed to live out being, being humble as Christians. It is like you said, it's, it's not that we're called to be embarrassed or to be made, you know, to look dumb or like an idiot or something like that, but rather it's to understand that we are no greater than the man or woman next to us, that we are called to, love them like we would love ourselves to love each other equally. Like we are not above someone else. Um, That is humility is understanding our, our place, I guess. Yep. Um, and, And knowing that there are not different levels of our places based on any other characteristic than just being a human being, being a child of God, being created by God. Like we are all equal. That is humility. Because when the Bible talks about, you know, the pride being made or the prideful, like being made humble, like that is when you are humiliated because you probably are going to look like a fool in front of other people. When you try to, you know, put yourself above someone else, Trust me, God can bring you down to where you really need to be. Um, yep. And, and that's what, as Christians, if we if we focus on humility and like we understand what that is and we don't let pride get the best of us, then we can remain humble and not have to have to be afraid of the outcome, you know, of being prideful and brought down to humility. Amen. So a, a, a comparison between the world and God's kingdom. <laughs> When it comes to gentleness and humility and power, gentle power, the the person who humiliates someone else, they they have the power. That's the world's power. Mm-hmm. But when God humbles you, that you have that gentle power. When you are humbled, mm-hmm. now that power's the other way yeah come on and you know you were mentioning earlier too about you know carrying burdens and like the load of of others and and that's another um that's another like aspect of christ and his power um and what we get by following him matthew 11 28 
This is where Jesus is calling people to him. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there again goes to show the humility, right? The gentleness of Christ versus like our own attempts at these things and what the world offers for these things. Um, and that is just the, the power that he displays. He takes up our burdens, right? And he gives us something that is much easier, that is much more bearable than anything we could ever come up with or that the world could ever. Yeah, that's right. So what's interesting in, in what we read in Galatians 6 is that Paul says, all right, I need you to, to bear one another's burdens, but you need to bear your own burden." Okay, so that's that's really not a contrast there. Basically, the goal for the believer is to be able to carry your own cross, take up your cross and follow me. Right. But there are times when if and you're not going to see this if it's about you, you're not going to see this. But there are times when people around you, when brothers and sisters in Christ around you need help, they need you to help them carry their cross. And and what the goal of that is. Is to teach them how to do it so they'll be all right and they can help somebody else carry their cross, okay? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the gentle power. That's what that is. Yeah. And it's knowing, too, like, this just hit me. Tell me if, if you disagree, but, like, in that ability to carry our own cross, right, to carry these these burdens that we have for ourselves and then to try and turn around and help someone else, I think at the core or center of that is to, to rely not on ourselves, but on Christ. Yep. Right. Knowing that he will carry us and he will carry our burdens. Like that's where we get the power from is not from ourselves and saying, Hey man, like I've got it together. Let me show you how to do it. It's like, Hey, I don't have it all together. I rely on Jesus. Let me show you how I'm doing that in my life. And you can do that in yours. Yep. Um, I mean, look, man, (laughs) Jesus said, said in this world, you will have trouble, but Come take on. heart. Yep. I have overcome the world. I don't give as the world gives. Oh man. Mm. I mean, you know, at that, yeah. and Thankfully. this is Praise where we are. We are here. Um, this is, this is uh trying times. Um, but I want everybody to understand that, Everything that we just talked about in the last 10 minutes can't happen unless we're fellowshipping with each other. And I pray in Jesus's name that he allow his church to he opens doors uh, in this in this world, in this country, in this state, in the city that believers can can get together again and and help each other. Absolutely. Because, I mean, that is as Christians, as the body of Christ, as the church, like that's what we're called to do is to be in that fellowship with one another. Um, we're, we're, we're 
called to live in community, not isolation, um, not to be independent, but to bear with each other, right? To shoulder together side by side with one another um, and to, to walk with each other through this life and, and through the yep. struggles that we have. So <clears throat> one more, one more thing, now, Alex, one more thing about, about this gentle yep. power. Um, all right. So what about other people? What about people who don't know Jesus? You know, how do you show gentle power yeah. or that reserved power to people who don't know Jesus? Well, in first Peter three fifteen, he says, this is one of my favorite verses of all time, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord as holy, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have yet do this mm, with gentleness and respect. So how do you, how do you answer the atheist who says, how in the world do you believe in God? You know, how, first of all, how does he even know you believe in God or she, how does she even know you believe in God? Well, they see some kind of hope in you. They don't know what that is and they're trying to figure it out. Now, yep. um, when they tell you that your God does not exist and he's mean and he's awful, uh, you, you don't you don't lash back and, and start screaming at them or try to win the argument. What you do is with gentleness, that gentle power, which is the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you somehow speak the word to that person. That's where faith comes mm. from. And it might it mm. might take five years for that person, for God to, to <clears throat> make that thing grow and bring him to the cross. True. True. And, you know, and that's one of the hardest things to do is when someone, you know, questions. And it's more difficult, I think, when someone attacks your faith, like what you believe, it's extremely difficult to remain in that humble, gentle spirit at yep. that point. Um, and, and that comes from the yep. flesh. Like not the Holy Spirit's not calling us to attack yep. verbally and to, you know, be be aggressive. But it's hard. It, it really is, especially, you know, if, if someone questions and like you're just having a conversation, that's one thing. Um, I think it's easier in, in that situation to, to remain gentle and to remain, you know, calm. But when someone like really challenges or, or like mocks, you know, what you believe mocks our faith as Christians in Christ and, and just God and. You know, I, it really becomes difficult to have that level of yep. calmness, um, level of self-control, right. right, in those moments and in those conversations. Well, just always remember that that person is not your enemy. Um, it, it's yeah. he, he or she is not your enemy. Um, your first, my first reaction is to bow up. Like, don't be talking about my God like that. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but I'm telling <laughs> right. you, it's, because that's me. So if it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gentle power comes. And, yep. and my first Absolutely. thought is, okay, how do I relate the gospel to this person? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great point. Um, so, again, it's not us. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that <laughs> gentle power, it can only come from him. It's, it's a divine balance that only he can bring about. Which leads Absolutely. us to self-control. <clears throat> oh boy! Yep. And, and 
and I mean, self-control is, uh, uh, I mean, that's a, a summarization. Like you just gather all these things we've been talking about, like gentleness, right? Having that meek spirit, humility, um, being kind, right? Those types wow. of things. Like you, you package all that up and, and you have self-control, uh, but you don't, <laughs> it's funny because it's called self-control, but yet it doesn't come from yourself. That's right. Like and truly like we can we can try to you know muster up and 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 have self-control and say hey you know what like i'm doing this but really it's it's the holy spirit that allows us especially as christians like it's the holy spirit that allows us to to be able to remain calm in all circumstances right in all situations good bad difficult right easy um to have that self-control because a lot of it ties to as well, you know, you want to represent Christ well to the world. And if you're like losing control and you're just, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're mad, you're upset, you're angry. Like this is not being in control as much. Um, And so then it, you know, it brings the question, Oh, well, if, if you're yelling at this person like that, just because they don't believe what you believe or they're different from you, then, you know, what is that? And, and you're supposed to, you know, be a reflection of Christ. So what does that say about him? So, you know, a lot of it when it comes to self-control is just about how are you reflecting Jesus to other people? Um, yeah. Um, what are you showing? So them? self-control is what it looks like to other people. But in the believer's life, right. it's spirit control. It's what it really is. Okay. There you go. There so you go. Yep. It, this is this is control from within oneself, not by oneself. Does that make sense? Come on. So it's yeah, this is a, absolutely. This is an inward where God lives, the Holy Spirit lives. This is in out, mm. right? It's yep. not. It's not yep. pulling up your bootstraps and going. I'm gonna be self controlled today. I'm not going to try to run somebody off the road today. You know, this is, this is, um, <laughs> yeah. this is fruit. This is an automatic response in a Christian's life. Well, let's go back to the ABCs. The way to get quote unquote good at this is pick up your Bible, read it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yep. I, there's a, there's a, there's a teaching going around in evangelical circles today, Alex. It's like how to hear God's voice. Um, well, what's the difference in knowing God's will and hearing his voice, right? Uh, a lot of people get pretty upset because, well, I don't hear God's voice. There must be something wrong with me or my faith or something I'm missing. Well, uh, don't listen to that. Um, if you want to hear God's voice, you want to know how to be self-controlled, open up your Bible. That's where God's voice is. Mm. Okay, come on. And I don't know that I don't know if you intended to or not, but that's a great segue and a great little uh, teaser for what we're going to be talking about um, next week as well. Is is really hearing God's voice and and understanding like distinguishing between God and maybe self and God and what the world yep. says. Um, but we'll be we'll be talking about that next week too. Um, and as we as we look at you know self control and, and what that looks like for us as Christians, um, I want to read this 
a couple of verses from Second Peter 1. And I, I want to take a look at how it pulls all these different aspects, all these different qualities, right, for a believer together. And it says in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. I love how love is just everywhere, right? It's, it's in scripture. You can't get away from it. Like it's it's there. It's embedded. It's stuck to yep. it. For if you possess these qualities and continue to grow in them, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever lacks these traits is nearsighted to the point of blindness, having forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Amen. Can I get an amen to that? Um, so you're, what you just I, I mean, read is that self-control is part of what keeps us effective and fruitful. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Come on. Because without self-control, we fall into the temptations, right? We fall into the, the things of this world that are trying to pull us away from God, that are trying to pull us away from Jesus, that are trying to pull us away from the time that we can spend in God's word. And so without self-control, which we talked about is really spirit control for Christians because it comes from the Holy Spirit. Like without that, we will not be productive and effective for God right, for sharing the gospel with other people in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we represent Christ daily, um, not just, you know, by word, but in action. So it all comes down to, you know, having that self-control so that we avoid those temptations and the things that are trying to distract us um, and so that ultimately we can be effective and productive for Christ. Amen. So uh, I just, I just thought of a verse of a scripture um, that it, it shows a, a benefit of God's grace and being self-controlled. Um, it's in Titus chapter two, and I'm going to start reading in verse 11 <clears throat> for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. It teaches us mm. to renounce mm. or say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And I promise you, Alex, this present age is not pretty. Yeah. But but so Amen what, what do we do? What, what's going on with us, with the church, as we are living self-controlled, upright, and godly lives? Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up mm. for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who were zealous for good works. Come on. Come on. Like if you, you know, and, and that's something to that I think 
is a good example of the church having something that the world doesn't, right? Like that, if you don't have a hope that there is better to come than what this world has to offer, right? Then, then this craziness that we're living in today, then how do you really like make it through that? That is, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle as well with what's going on in the world today or just, you know, in general, in, in the life of someone, like their circumstances. If they don't have a hope, that makes it a thousand times more difficult to get through the rough seasons and the rough times, right? The, the hard patches, the valleys. When you don't have the hope that there is a mountaintop experience, right, coming, that there's something greater and better. And, and that, as Christians, that's what we need to hold on to. But at the same time, that's what we are called to share yep. with other people. Like, we can't keep that to ourselves, this hope that we have. It's not for us to just, like, huddle, to wrap our arms around it and hold on to it until this craziness is over. But it's for us to have that, right? We get to hold on to that. That carries us through. That holds us steady. It's our solid foundation that we get to stand on. It's the peace in the middle of the storm that we get to experience But at the same time, we are called to share that with the world, those who don't know it, who don't understand it, who don't have it. We have to be there to give them that and to show that to them. So something uh, struck me about while you were talking. Um, You know, if you're listening to this and you have one, two, three things in your life that I just can't say no to. I mean, I just can't, I can't say no to that. It, it, it wraps me up every time. And, and this is one of the main reasons that a lot of people don't like reading the Bible because it tells you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. But do you understand yeah. what, what Paul wrote to Titus? So God's word teaches us how to say no. Right. So I, I'm going yeah. to give you a, a challenge next time you're having a struggle to say no. Open up the Bible, start reading it. I mean, really, try it. And uh, I think you'll be surprised. Yep. And, and that's where, you know, the Holy Spirit comes in and the Holy Spirit is there to help, to guide, to lead, to direct, to strengthen, right? And, and that ties back to the humility aspect. Like we understand we are weak, we need help. Um, and so then you can actually find help when you acknowledge your need for it, uh, that you're not perfect, that you don't have it all together, those types of things. And, you know, that's what I'm thankful for, for people in my life like you um, and and others who are there to help remind me, right, to help me when I am weak, to, to point me in the right direction. And that's what we all need. We need that community of, of believers, of Christians who can point us back Amen. to Jesus, can point us to God's word and, and can remind us of God's faithfulness and God's gentleness that ultimately will give to us the self-control that we need to avoid the temptations of this world and the things that continuously trip us up. Yeah. Right. And, and try to tie us. So down. If, if you're, um, if you're listening 
and you are a believer and you're struggling in, in a certain area, or if you're a new believer and you're struggling to find a good church or a good uh, uh, group to start fellowship with, or if you've heard God vo- God's voice today um, calling you and you want to know what to do with that, uh, Alex, tell, tell these people how to get in touch with us. We might can help them out. Yeah, reach out to us. Send us an email at info at hoperisingministries.cc or find us on Facebook at Hope Rising Ministries SC and connect with us. Send us a message. We would love to talk with you. Uh, we would love to answer any questions you might have. And we'd love to pray for you and pray with you. And also on top of that, we would love to help to get you connected to and plugged into a gospel-centered church and community where you live uh, so that you can have a great group of people around you uh, to help you, to encourage you, to help you to carry the burdens, right? To help you make it through each and every day um, and, and just to be there to support you and to love you. Uh, through it all. So if that's you, please, please, please reach out to us and and know that you're listening to this, not because you chose to, but because God wanted you to hear that you are not alone and that you don't have to go through this alone. So please reach out to us. And for everyone, just thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for spending this time with us. I hope this encourages you as much as I know it does myself. Um, and, and if there's anything we can do for you, please reach out to us. If you just want to say, Hey, thank you guys for what y'all do. Please send us an email. We love to hear from, from people who are listening. And if you have any ideas for other, other episode topics or other discussions, um, things that you would like for us to talk about or to hear us talk about, email us again at info at hoperisingministries.cc. As always, Trey, thank you yep. so much for joining. Always a pleasure. Uh, and a joy for myself to be able to do this and uh, have these conversations with you. So thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. And thanks again for listening to us. Hope you guys have a great and awesome week, and we will talk to you again next week. God bless.